What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I 270 and MD 85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1 800 Gambler. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. You wanted the best and you've got the best. The hottest podcast in the world, the Decibel Geek Podcast. What's going on, people? It's Aaron Camaro with you, Chris Sinzak right there. Who is our favorite band, Chris? Um, Kiss. Yes. It is Kiss. Spirited today. Yo, man, it's Kissmas in July, it baby. It me. About scared Woo. me out of my platform boots. I'm so excited. I, this is my favorite time of year, no doubt about me it. Too. All the other holidays in the last five years have just fallen by the wayside. Yeah, fuck Birth, Christmas. Christmas? It's all right. Halloween? It's pretty cool. Birthdays? They pale in comparison to Kissmas in July. Anniversaries? Nah, no. Yeah, whatever. Say what you can tell our wives aren't right. This is the anniversary of the first time I ever heard Kiss. Is it? I don't know. Oh, congratulations. Every day feels like the first day that I ever heard Kiss when it's July, and it's the Decibel Geek podcast. This is uh, the month that a lot of, a lot of our listenership listen, looks forward to the most. And uh, we're excited to do it again. Heck yeah, is our, man. Is it, did we do it the first year? No, we didn't do it the first year. So this is our... Fourth, fourth year? year doing it. Nice. 
It's our fourth anniversary of Kissmas in July. See, I knew we were celebrating for a reason. Yeah, and uh, this should be a fun one this week. It's an interesting idea that we haven't done before. Yeah, we're going to take a look at our favorite rock band, Kiss. But where did Kiss come from? You got to start at the beginning. You got to go back. You got to dig down deep, deep to the roots of Kiss. Yes. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about some of the bands that have influenced Kiss in different ways. We're going to we're going to discuss these bands and we're going to tie it all into Kiss because it's Kissmas in July. Yeah, and you'll get to hear tunes from each of the bands and uh hear how they influenced uh Kiss and musically or in other ways. There's a lot of there's a lot of Different ways that the guys in KISS were influenced. Heck yeah, this is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. But before we get to that, we got to take care of some business. And the way we love to start the Decibel Geek podcast is with a sweet-ass five-star iTunes review. And guess what? We got one right there. Here it is. It comes to us from Pat's Past from Australia. Yeah. That's a Shandy. They like Kiss over there. Shandy uh, country down there, Shandy right? Shandy country. It's Shandy country. That's what I call Australia. The best thing about upgrading to an iPhone recently would be discovering podcasts. Somebody was awakened <laughs> to the world of podcasting. Decibel Geek has become essential listening for me with fantastic themes based around the hard rock genre. Chris and Eric... Oh, is that a typo, or did you leave that in there on purpose? I pasted it in how it was. I just now noticed it, too. Ah, no, I I did not play on the second Badlands album. Thank (laughs) you very much. And you're not my brother, either. We keep up the quality week after week, and this man down in Shandy Country can't live without it. Thank you, Pat. That's very awesome. Five stars on iTunes. That's the way to do it when somebody goes on iTunes thinking about they want to listen to a hard rock podcast. Maybe they're a big Kiss fan. They're scrolling through. They're like, holy shit, there's 50 Kiss podcasts to listen to. Yeah. And the Decibel Geek podcast. We're kind of the uh, stepbrother Kiss podcast, I guess. We are. Yeah. We're we're cool enough to kind of hang with the the hardcore guys, the guys that do Kiss every single week. Yeah. Shows like Podcast, Kiss Room, Podcast Rock City, they'll, they'll take good care of you the rest of the year, but... July is our month, and we uh, own it. We're, well, I don't know if we own it, but we're, we're going to borrow. It's like it. all the other Kiss shows, <laughs> they have to do shows about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses during <laughs> <Yeah>. July. <laughs> That's the way it works. The Crew Room. <laughs> yeah, it's an arrangement we made a long time ago when the podcasting all first started. Well, we gathered around the big table in the yeah. gatefold of the Elder, and we're even borrowing one of the hosts in a few weeks. Heck yeah, man! It's going to be awesome. But yeah, so Pat, we'll cut you some slack. Uh, Eric Camaro didn't take it too personally, <laughs> so uh, you're new to the show. You'll get there. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so uh, we got to get to our geeks of the week this week, and. Uh, had a lot of good feedback on last week's six songs Ian Wadley thinks you should hear. Heck yeah, man. People love Ian Wadley. He's great. And uh, always uh, always there to fire up the Sammy Hagar fan base as usual. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Hardaway. Uh, lots of good one-liners in that and uh, a lot of good feedback to that. So if you want to be Geek of the Week, all you got to do is share on Facebook, retweet on Twitter the link to the current episode. That'd be this one you're listening to. And uh, I'll say your name on the show. It's easy as that. Geeks of the Week this week are Todd Cunningham, Darren Parkin, Brent Tibbetts, Andrew Jacobs, Otto Erlinget, Gregerson, Andy LaFon, Brent Cattell, Shane Abair, Kevin Williams, Greg McGlone, Chad Pollock, Mike Tyler, Greg York, Trevor McDougall, Paul Korn, Vinnie Vincent. Oh, wait, no, that was Ian Wadley. Ah, the uh, Ankh Warrior himself. James McCormick, Andrew Jacobs, Justin A. Six, Kenneth Roy, Wayne Cross, Mikhail Burrell, Thomas Mukaji, Aaron Baker, Joe Mama's Wrestling Podcast, Sean Cullen, Cool World, James Brendan Dunn, Adam Cox, Ernesto Aguiar, Chas Stanley, Derek Novak, the TMJE podcast, podcast, and the Rockin' Donkey. 
Awesome. And you guys love Ian Wadley. You want to get more Ian Wadley, check out the Rock and Metal Combat yeah. podcast. It's available out there on iTunes. It's good stuff. There are buddies. We love them. Chris and I have each appeared on the yeah. show, you know, you a couple of times. A couple of times, yeah. I've only been on there once, but it, it was a lot of fun. And I think this week they're covering one of our favorite albums, uh, Anthrax Sound of White Noise. So oh, nice. Go check that out. Yeah, every week they take a new hard rock metal album and they break it down it's very cool i like skip that episode on the police though (laughs) (laughs) somebody's got to cover the police it's not going to be us because we're too busy talking about kiss heavier side of the police i maybe is there a heavier side of the police no well we'll talk about that maybe 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 next month yeah but for now, it's Kissmas in July. Today, we're digging deep to find the roots of Kiss. And who's starting it off today? You or me? You. All right. Well, let me tell you about a band that, well, anybody that was lucky enough to catch, uh, anyone who was lucky enough to catch Kiss on the Asylum tour can attest to the fact that Kiss are fans of the Who. Oh yeah. Right. You know uh, what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, they played Won't Get Fooled Again. Right. They played it every night, didn't they? Yeah, well, and they also include part of it now in Lick It Up when they played Lick It Up Live. Oh, right on. They also play that song at pretty much all their shows as the last song that plays before right, the before curtain drops, that you was, know, and the, it gets louder when they play that. When I saw them on the reunion tour, when that moment happened, yeah, I got tears in my eyes because yeah. I, mean, I was like, oh, my God, they're about to come out. Right. And then, and of course, you know, the, light, the, the house lights are up and everything, and that's when the... the because they have a regular black curtain, if right, I remember yes. right, and then another curtain drops with the Kiss logo on it. Right, yes. When, he, when Roger Daltrey goes, yeah! And then the music really cranks up loud, and then the first line after that is, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right, And the yes. whole fucking arena went nuts when that line was sang. Because it was so loud. I get loud. goosebumps even talking about it. Right, this. I know, I know, <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. That was just amazing. Yeah, but oh, yeah, the, man, I love the it. The Who had a, a huge impact on, on the guys in Kiss, easily. Heck yeah, man. They released their debut album, My Generation, in 1965. Paul Stanley was 13 years mm-hmm. old. This one here came out two years later, and I got to believe that it was on all four of the original guys' turntables for sure. This one comes to you from 1967, The Who Sell Out, and you know it. I can see for miles. I know you deceive me, now here's a surprise. I know that you have, cause there's magic in my eyes. I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Oh If you think that I don't know about the little tricks you play And never see you when deliberately you put things in my way Well here's a poke at you, you're gonna choke on it too You're gonna lose that smile, because all the while I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles and miles you took advantage of my trust in you and I was so far away I 
saw you holding lots of other guys and now you've got the nerve to say That you still want me, well that's as may be But you gotta stand trial, because all the while I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and Surprise. I know that you have, cause there's magic in my eyes. I can see for miles and miles and Tower in the time all night to see on clear days. You thought that I would need a crystal ball to see you right through the haze. Well, here's a poke at you, you're gonna choke on it too, you're gonna lose that smile because all the while I can see for miles and miles, I can see for miles and miles. You know, the Who, major influence on KISS. Definitely. Major. And I know when, you know, because when all these guys do interviews, of course, one of the natural questions is, you know, who did you listen to growing up? Or right. What were the first shows that got you into, into rock? And Ace loves to tell the story that he would he saw Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, uh-huh. Cream, and the Who in yeah. one concert at uh, somewhere a park, I think, in New York. Wow. And I think it was Cream's first New York appearance. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that... Obviously, Pete Townsend was a massive influence on, sure, on Ace and Paul. About the guitar smashing, yeah, you I'm, know that's, where, that's, that's who originated. Roger Daltrey, the the overacting on stage yes, kind of stuff that Paul Stanley Paul. does for sure, you know, definitely. And, and also John Entwistle with you know walking style bass lines, you know, I'm sure that affected Gene early on too. Oh, absolutely, yeah, because I mean that's that's the cornerstone of Gene Simmons playing is the way he does that. It's it's quite similar. Now, Keith Moon, nobody was like Keith Moon. Well, nobody ever, <laughs> but. One thing you can say about Keith Moon is Peter once said in an interview that the reason that he and Ace would destroy hotel rooms was because of Keith Moon. <laughs> was so they could be cool, like, like Keith, Keith Moon. Moon. Yeah, yeah like, that's where Keith Moon was an influence on Ace and Peter. Was the insane behavior. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> definitely the Who. That's that's well stated. Okay, so I'll go to my first pick. Um, and when we when Aaron came up with this idea, this was the first band that kind of came into my mind. 
Um, because I've heard the guys in the band talk about, and particularly Gene talk about Mountain as an influence. Yeah. And Mountain, of course, is mostly known for Mississippi Queen. Right. And uh, Leslie West, the singer and guitar player, huge voice, huge guitar playing. Um, but Gene was in particular um, influenced by Felix Papalardi, the bass player. Yeah. And you'll hear a lot of the similarities in their in their bass playing. Um, we had an interesting callback to this between this band and Kiss, the last when Gary Corbett came on to do six songs, Gary Corbett thinks you should hear. Mm-hmm. He picked, um, God, now I can't remember the name of the song now. Um, Never in my life. Right. Yeah, that's right. Now the intro to that song. Now you're, what you're hearing is a combination of guitar and keyboard and bass, mm-hmm. but the melody at the intro to that song is "Rip It Out." It's a combination of instruments doing it, but when you listen to it, I'm like, I was listening to it the night I was editing the show. I'm like, let's rip it out. That's the intro to rip it out. That's pretty cool. Same notes and everything. Yeah. But um, so let me. T- I found I found a really cool story involving Mountain and kind of involving Mountain online when I was doing research for this, and I think it'll be interesting to you guys. Um, this is from Richard Totoian, and he was the national promotion director for Windfall Music, and from '71 to '73. Because this song I'm about to play from Mountain was on Windfall Records. Okay. And I remember seeing that name earlier, and I was like, there's a Kiss connection to this. I couldn't remember what it was. So he says, during the early 70s when glitter bands were fading and theatrical bands were taking the stage, I was working at Windfall Music with Bud Prager, Gary Kerfurst, and Felix Papalardi, who produced Cream and Mountain. Every night we would get a pile of demo tapes. Listen to the tapes and discuss them. I came across a tape that really impressed me. This band was hungry to get signed with my company and be produced by Felix Papalardi because Gene was a huge right. fan. Yeah. Um, shopping their music around to the major labels, the band had a music showcase set up for Don Ellis of Epic Records. Kiss fans know about this audition. Sure, yeah. Um, I was also invited to the showcase to see them play and brought Gary Kerr first. Gary called me the next day and asked me what I thought. I told them we should sign them immediately. This music was incredible. The stage makeup the band wore was just a hint of what would come later, taking the theatrical band show to a whole level. Lukewarm on them, Gary couldn't figure out what market to fit them into and wanted to pass. I had two or three meetings with the band in my office at Windfall. They gave me an acetate record in hopes it would still meet the ears of Bud and Felix. As fate would have it, they never heard it and had to go on the word of Gary. Without Felix's vote, Windfall Music would end up passing on the deal. Oh, wow. From the demo tape music showcase in New York City on a little riser stage in 1972 and this rare acetate record from 1973, this band would become one of the most legendary bands of all time, Kiss. Mm-hmm. Paul Stanley reminded me of this story one night at the bottom line in New York and thanked me for my interest. <laughs> He's always been gracious and reminds people when we bump into each other of my passion for his then little known band Kiss. That's cool. So that one guy that said, you know, hey, these guys are going to be something. Mm-hmm. But then you got to remember, this is Kiss back in the early 70s. They where, were a risk. Where do they fit? You no, know? they didn't fit anywhere. They weren't like anybody. And even still to this day, there's nobody like Kiss. That's right. And this band was a huge influence on them. This is Mountain from the album Climbing with theme for an imaginary Western.
hear the little seedlings of going blind in that? Maybe a little going blind. Yeah. I kind of see like uh, I hear a little more Wicked Lester. Yeah, it's kind of in that. Yeah, stuff. and which going blind was Little Lady originally, and it was written for like Wicked Lester. Yeah, by Gene and uh, someone we'll not talk about. But then you think about Mountain, but you also think about songs like Mississippi Queen that are mm-hmm. more hard, hard rock. And that and was kinda, an influence on that. Yeah, too. totally. Yeah. And then you, I, I hear more of like Mississippi Queen and some Kiss stuff. Yeah. Than this, but Kiss had some weird songs too. Yeah. Just like Mountain. But the, and that song right there, I think you know, deserves some attention because it's it's just a little off the beaten path. Yeah. It? But it's uh. But Kiss would do that early on when they would bring that Wicked Lester material in and then heavy it up. It would kind of sound a little like that. Now, didn't we hear about this song once before somewhere way back in the past? Mm Mm-hmm. What's your next pick? Okay. All right. My next pick, man, this one's pretty easy. Because anybody that's ever heard anything by Kiss that Ace Fraley plays on, well, obviously, it's got a touch of Jimi Hendrix in it. Absolutely. Because Ace Fraley is all about the Jimi Hendrix. He has said that when he was in high school, he carried Jimi Hendrix's debut album around with him everywhere he went. Well, you like, it have, was underneath his arm. Gotta everywhere have something he goes. to roll the joint on. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ace was pretty much infatuated with Jimi Hendrix, but, you know, back then, who wasn't? Have you ever heard the story about Ace roadying the last show in New York City for yeah. Jimi Hendrix before he died? Yeah. That's I mean, by, cool. really by pure accident. Right. He, he just wanted to get into the show. He snuck backstage. <laughs> Somebody asked him, what are you doing? He said, oh. So we'll put him to work. So he ends up sitting up, setting up Mitch Mitchell's drum kit for him. Yep. Doesn't even realize he's talking to the guy while he's talking to him. Yep. But Ace Fraley roadied for Jimi Hendrix in his last show in New York City before he died. Pretty cool. That's wild, man. That's some history right there. Absolutely. I'm not sure when this one was originally recorded, but it was released posthumously in 1971. Now, this, when I hear it, I can totally imagine Ace singing and playing on it and probably would have been a way cooler choice than Spanish Castle Magic on Origins Volume 1, I think. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty awesome song. And, you know, the thing about Ace Frehley I always think about is his style and how it just sounds like sometimes that guitar is melting in his hands. Mm -hmm. This is where it comes from. So from 1971 off Rainbow Bridge, this is Jimi Hendrix, the one and only, the legendary in a tune called Dolly Dagger. Here comes Dolly Dagger. Her love's so heavy, gonna make you stagger. Dolly Dagger. She drinks her blood from a jagged edge. A drink of it.
Spaceman said he'd bring, he would bring Jimi Hendrix back from the dead if he could. No, I'm sure he would. If he could, he would. I haven't heard that in a long time. No? I went through a, a Hendrix phase when I was about 16. Yeah? And that's probably the last time I heard that song. It's been I love years. that song, man. That's one of my favorite Hendrix tunes. And it's because it, it does remind me of Kiss, you know, and mm-hmm. that I'm such a Kiss fan that to listen to some of that Hendrix... You know, you you always appreciate Hendrix because the legendary guitar player that he was, the innovator at that time. You know, nobody was doing what Hendrix was doing. Everybody wanted to learn how Hendrix was doing what he was doing. And from that came so many different styles of rock music from ZZ Top to Kiss, you know, and everything in between. Southern rock you know, blues-driven stuff to hard rock from New York City. You know, Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix has got a little bit of hand in all of it. Absolutely. You know, it's very cool. I love it. You know, and of course, you can't count out the importance of Electric Lady Studios. No, it was a, it was like a beacon of New York. I mean, it yeah. was it was uh, basically ground zero for Hendrix and then became ground zero for anything going on in New York City at the time. Including Kiss. Including Kiss. Heck and I'll, yeah. I'll mention... Uh, electric lady at uh, my next pick. Awesome, nice. Well, let's get right to it. Then. Okay, so if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Paul Stanley's swagger and his ringleader routine on stage, you owe it to yourself to become a fan of Humble Pie. Absolutely. Guitarist and singer Steve Marriott was a massive influence on the then Stanley Eisen, as well as a hotshot young guitarist named Peter Frampton who was in the band. Um, Paul even talks in interviews about witnessing hum- Humble Pie at the Fillmore East and it having a major effect on his style of performance. I'm sure. Yeah, and it's uh, easy to see. Absolutely. One of the most legendary performances ever captured at Fillmore East was released as Humble Pie Rockin' the Fillmore. And this was engineered by Eddie Kramer and later mixed at Electric Lady. Nice. We're going live for this one, huh? Yep. This is Steve Marriott, nine minutes going balls out and all with stage wraps and everything with I Don't Need No Doctor. We are. But what I tell you, we're not out of gas this time. It's really been a gas. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Stanley Sr. Pretty much. Yeah. Massive Ooh. influence on Paul Kiss Stanley. Kiss Von Sr. And actually, if you want to even go up to current day Kiss, um, the song Shout Mercy off Monster. Oh, totally. Very much yes. an homage to I Don't Need No Doctor. Yeah, it totally yeah, is. It's almost chords and all. Now that you've heard that song, yeah. you can totally hear oh, that. Oh, it's absolutely, absolutely where it came from. Very cool, it just tells man. you how great the riff is on that song, you know. Yeah. Well, we're rocking and rolling, going along this. We're digging deep for the roots of Kiss. We're finding them. This is a lot of fun. I love Kiss. I love talking about Kiss. This is what it's all about, Kissmas mm-hmm. in July. So we're going to get on to the next one. And I want to talk about a band called Slade. And mm-hmm. I know we've talked about Slade before on the show on Decibel Geek many times. And, you know, we're talking about influences and stuff. And I think Slade, people, it's just been a thing that people have said for a long time that Kiss was majorly influenced by Slade. Yep. But the way I see it was Slade was kind of more like contemporaries of Kiss. Somebody that Kiss respected because they were there you know, longer yeah. than Kiss had been there. But I think Kiss looked at Slade as somebody that, see those guys? They're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think we can blow their doors off. They were fans of them, though. I mean, they, right. No, I, I'm yeah, saying that they, they, they respected them. Yeah, they liked the anth- anthems that they would put Right, on, yeah. And the stage show, too. Yeah, because if you break it down, Kiss and Slade are really, really similar in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways, they're really, really different, too. You know, for example, Slade is known for their anthemic arena rock, over-the-top theatrics, mm-hmm. wild costumes, yep. and tall platform shoes. That's, Does that sound familiar? Sounds Anybody? Like Kiss to me. Anybody? Anybody? You know, Slade, they'd never take the theatrics, the costumes, or the boots to the heights of Kiss. Pun intended. <laughs> like that. But they did have some pretty rocking tunes. And as a side note, are totally responsible for the 80s explosion of popularity of Quiet Riot. Yep. Totally. But were they an influence on the music of Kiss? You be the judge. Because this one came out in 1972 when the original four were kind of figuring out who they were going to be. And I bet you they were listening to this. Off the album called Slade, this is Slade with How Do You Ride.
This is Gene Simmons of the rock group KISS. Bon Scott once wrote a song called Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. But take note, he never wrote a song called Using a Bathroom After Ace Fraley Isn't a Bad Place to Be. Because I can assure you it is. Want to feed your eyes as well as your ears? Check out Decibel Geek on Instagram. Go to Instagram.com slash Geek and see for yourself. The only podcast getting snow blind in the middle of summer. It's Christmas in July on the Decibel Geek Podcast. All right, coming out with Slade, we're going to take a quick little break from all this. Did you know that Paul Stanley's mirrored guitar was influenced by Naughty Holder? Yes, his, I did. his mirrored top a hat? mirrored hat that would yeah. shoot beams of light all over the arena. That's pretty cool. He yeah. did that with his guitar, and too. I think their, uh, their guitar player had a had a costume or a guitar that was... He had a light-up guitar before yeah. Ace Fraley did. And he also kind of wore some he, weird yeah, shoulder like pads, like Power Ranger yeah. Ace Fraley kind of thing. Yeah, they definitely yeah, influenced so. Kiss, especially, you know, live they did. Believe it or not, it's the proof is there. So we're going to take a quick break right now from our Digging Through the Roots of Kiss. This is a lot of fun. We're learning stuff. We're enjoying some cool music. We're talking about our favorite band in the whole damn world. But we got to take a quick break because we got to take care of some business. And we want to tell you about hk collectibles inc yeah i thought i would make your read a little easier yeah so because daryl daryl albert runs hk collectibles inc and i talk to him regularly and he's he's been on board with us forever so he's happy with the the stuff you guys are buying through him yeah and he just sent me this message of you know stuff that he's doing and can you mention this and mention that i'm like why don't we just read off what he sent I'll just quote Daryl himself. Yeah, let's do it. As if he was standing here in the studio holding a cue card. Got to get that teleporter going. Exactly. <laughs> we'll just turn turn the microphone over to <laughs> Daryl Albert. Albert. I'm slowly adding hundreds of vintage original magazine ads from the 60s through the early 90s. That's good, huh? Yeah, that's good. All right. Don't do the whole thing that way, though. Okay, I won't. <laughs> he's got Harley. He's got booze ads, bizarre celebrity endorsements. There's a lot of sports stars he's got, uh, sports cars, many failed new car models, as well as classics. He's got early Apple computer ads, etc. He's got all kinds of stuff. They're perfect for framing and putting in your man cave. That sounds cool. If you work at Apple, you want to get some extra brownie points, <laughs> Leave us a five-star iTunes review, and then get yourself one of those old advertisements and hang it up in your cubicle. You love an old sports team? You want something specific? You know what? Hit Daryl up. He's a cool guy. He'll talk to you. Tell him what you're looking for. He's probably got it. If he doesn't have it, he can find it for you, I'm sure. Absolutely. If he doesn't have it, I'd be surprised because he's got everything over there at HK Collectibles, Inc. The best way to do your shopping with Daryl, go to decibelgeek.com. Right there in the three-quarters-ish part of the page, right underneath that flashy, fancy banner. God, our website's beautiful. Yeah. Right underneath all the beauty is a banner right there, HK Collectibles, Inc. It takes you right to it easy. And when you go through us, you're helping us out. The same way, if you look right right around in that same area, you're going to see our official Amazon banner. 
Amazon has been our sponsor. You know what? I take that back. We've had we've had a handful of cool sponsors. Yeah, I say Daryl Albert has been really cool. Mm-hmm. We had uh, our friends at the record company. High Vol Music. High Vol Music helped us out. We got Amazon that's been yep. with us, helping us out for so long. We appreciate them. And, of course, let's not forget our VIPs. Yeah. You know, every episode you hear is pretty much brought to you by our VIPs. Absolutely. So show them some love when you see them on the Facebook page because they're paying for this whole shebang. Or sign up and uh, enjoy all the extra content yourself right and also feel good that you're helping keep the decibel geek podcast alive coming at you every single week every single july christmas in july how could you live without it and a, a special bonus of me featuring the uh, vip stuff we're going to tack on some stuff each episode this month to kind of give you a little preview of what being a vip is like yeah so stick around after the episode because you're going to get a little taste of what you can have by being a vip not just the feeling of helping us out but actually getting something for yourself, extra content yep. that only special people get. Yeah. Are you special? People! I've been told I was special. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, though. Are you a VIP? I'm not. Then host. you ain't special enough. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes. got to pay up. So, speaking of Amazon, we love them a lot. They help us out. The beautiful thing about it, you go to our website, decibelgeek.com. There's a whole lot of cool stuff going on decibelgeek.com that's going to get you distracted. You're going to see awesome videos being posted on there from mm-hmm. Rock and Ron Runyon out in Las Vegas oh, hanging out with Angels and Vane. How cool so is that? That was so cool. You guys have to check that out. you got to check that out. It's a If you love KISS, if you're just, you just happen to be listening to us because you just found out about podcasts, you love KISS, you're checking us out because it's Kissmas in July. If you love that kind of music, I think you're going to like Angels and Vane. Mm-hmm. So check out that video and get yourself acquainted with that band because they're new. That's one thing we do around here at Decibel Geek. Mm-hmm. We don't just talk about KISS. We let you know that there's bands around that are pretty close to being almost as cool as KISS. Yeah. Not quite there. That's still pretty high praise. That's the unachievable ring. You're the brass ring on the door of the elder that you just can't seem to reach. you got to have a cow's tongue to get to that level. The hand never gets yes, to the I ring. Yes, I know. It's just a rumor. It's not real. Yes, I know. Don't start. <laughs> what? You know. No, I don't want to hear it. I'm just saying, you know, in the world of kiss, it seems like the hand never gets the to the brass, brass ring. Ah, uh, I got gotcha. you. But we, together, as Decibel Geek friends, can achieve it when you do your shopping through our Amazon link and peruse the website and buy a t-shirt. That's right. But the best thing is Amazon because they send us the list. Yes. The mighty list of rock and roll purchases that you have bought through our link. Won't say who bought it, nope, but it say says you what you bought, and it's always a lot of fun to check it out. So here's some of the more notable purchases over the past week on Amazon. Somebody bought an OtterBox Defender Series case for a Samsung Galaxy S7. That sounds metal. Keep your uh, phone in good shape. A handful of Myron Bolitar Kindle eBooks, Like four of them. About Kiss. I don't think they're about Kiss. I'm sure they're about Kiss. I'm sure Myron... It's li- July. I'm sure Myron's a fan of Animalized, though good take that as a good thing if you want uh a zebra st 3003 battery pack i don't know what that is but it cost a lot of money so we thank you you could almost electrocute ace fraley with that nice uh okay so let's get into the music that was bought uh for mp3s nightwish endless endless forms most beautiful we've right played on. that on the show we have sticks kilroy was here obedagato mr robato uh, a handful of songs by Orchid. Yeah. Heretic, Sign of the Witch, The Mouths of Madness. That's one we played. Mm-hmm. And Through the Devil's Doorway. So, Ian, 
Mission accomplished. You got yeah. people into Orchid. Oh, totally. My father-in-law, I, I went to him and I was like, hey, man, I know what kind of music you like. Mm-hmm. You got to check out this band, Orchid. And he heard it, the one it. song, and went and bought two albums by him. Nice. Yes. And Metal Church's new one, Eleven, was bought. Awesome. Glad to see those guys are still out there making it happen. So full albums, uh, Phil Collins, but seriously and no jacket required were purchased. So Ian Wadley, mission accomplished. Your order should be arriving anytime. Yes, and also Peter... Anything else you got? Peter Gabriel's three albums. Uh-huh, you did. Somebody bought Black Country Communion 1 and 2. Awesome. That's some great stuff right there. Glenn uh, Hughes, baby. That's right. Rival Sons, Hollow Bones was bought. We Is that the a, new one? That's the new one. We sold oh, a few sweet. copies through that link. Bob Seger Night Moves, you can't live without that one. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, self-titled. Yeah, that's and, cool. And uh, Whitford St. Holmes Reunion, which also oh, includes yeah, a bonus disc, of, bonus disc of the remastered 1981 album. Oh, really? So you get both. Oh, that's cool. I think I'm going to order that. Yeah, me too. That's great. And Prince, the hits and the B-sides was purchased. I like the B-sides. Do you? I do like the Prince B-sides. They're a little more rocking. Okay. So that's... Uh, There's still been some clamoring for a heavier side of Prince. I every know. time, every time it dies down, somebody brings it back up. All right, let's put it out there one more time. We'll talk about it in August. Yeah, should we in August? Should we do heavier side of Prince? Is it too late, or should we still do it? If anybody, if you're going to put that responsibility in anybody's hands, whose hands do you want it in? Not mine. a bunch of Kiss fans, right? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he did have a song called Kiss. We probably won't play that one though. Oh. <laughs> right. People! Nobody needs to hear me sing. That's for VIP. It's not only. singer Prince, yeah. Don't Chris, sign up for VIP. Chris only sings the VIP or the Prince for the VIPs. No, we want people to sign up for the VIP. <laughs> Chris will never sing Prince yeah. for the VIP. I won't sing anything. You be, you'll enjoy that I don't. <laughs> All right. So uh, who's going next? Me? Yeah, you're gonna kick it off. Okay. Part two. Here we go. My, uh, notes. The roots All of right. Kiss. I love it. So the the '70s New York rock scene had a bunch of bands that were around kiss at that time the one band from that scene that certainly gets the lion's share of credit for inspiring kiss is the new york dolls right but again were they were they inspiring kiss or were they kind of contemporaries of kiss that kiss looked at them and said we could blow their doors off well they have said that um but if you if you really read into what the dolls were at the time i mean they were the band that everyone looked up to right they were the they were the the they were the top of the heap, top out dog of that on scene. the on the block at the time. Yeah, you I always get the impression that like Kiss, you know, all four of them would see the Dolls playing, be pretty well. Holy Although, shit, you know, this is something. Peter Chris did audition for the Dolls. Yeah, and, and he, he was lost friends out with Jerry, to Nolan, Jerry Nolan, who his was his best buddy. best friends from childhood, yeah. and they were best friends until Jerry passed away in the nineties, I believe. Yeah, it's a sad story. Um, other members: Johnny Thunders, Arthur Killer Kane, Sylvain Sylvain, and David Johansson. Uh, in the I love band. Sylvain Sylvain. I know he lives here now. We have to get him on the show. They were the hot commodity in the New York glitter scene for that time in the early seventies. Their uh, outlandish costumes, their punk rock attitude before punk rock even existed. Yeah, uh, drew basically drew New Yorkers like moths to a flame to the band. Absolutely. You want to know more about that early New York scene? Go back to last year's Kissmas in July yeah. and check out our conversation with Cher Bach. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing to look at. Or was we, that the year before? It was, I don't remember. I it, lose track. It all, they all blend all together. All that rock and roll blends together in my brain. But yeah, go back and check out her episode because she tells us all about it. Yeah, and we're going to have her back on for a uh, a New York rock scene talk. Or whatever she wants. Anything she wants. She's always fun to talk to. Uh, the members of KISS were no exception to their influence. And it wasn't uncommon to see the guys at doll shows around town. And I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Bob Gruen, the photographer, he put out like a... Because he took tons of photos of the dolls and was friends with them um he put out a dvd i believe of 
like early footage of the dolls. And they they did like a Halloween homecoming party in 73. Yeah. Like they came home on a break from their tour and the camera is panning around the room and you get you see Ace's face up close really quick mm-hmm. and but it's just it's just the silver makeup. This is before they even started doing the white face. Uh, yeah. So it was during that period where they were like playing the daisy and stuff like that. But all you see is his basically his uh, eyes and the makeup around his so eyes. So even when Kiss was just going to see the New York Dolls play, they wore their stuff? But it was a Halloween party. Oh, okay. So all right. Ace may have just... That was like, I'll just be my... It'll be my oh, own yeah, costume. Really. Curly That's what yeah. I do every year. Yeah. So he... But yeah, you can see that. So Ace was even hanging around with these guys back in those days. Because Ace is so much fucking fun to hang out with. If, yeah. if I've learned anything about Kiss over the years, Ace really is fun to hang out with. Absolutely. So... While Kiss would go on to much larger success than the Dolls commercially, there's no denying their power and influence over an entire generation of bands that would come later on. This is the New York Dolls doing a song called Jet Boy. I'm 
that is absolutely one of my favorite New York Dolls songs. Me too. You know, and I always think back when when people talk about like the Dolls and the influence that they had, especially on Kiss. I think back to that early early photo of Kiss mm-hmm. where they just look like ugly women. Yeah, they took that in the hallway of the loft. Like, yeah, like the stairwell. Like because that yeah. was the story. We wanted to be cool like the dolls, but we were too fucking ugly yeah. to, they to be pretty enough. like the dolls. Yeah, they look like football players. Right, because the dolls they were skinny and lanky and yeah. you know even Paul was a big guy. Yeah, I think Ace is the only one who could have pulled it off. Yeah, maybe. and he looked like Lily Tomlin. Right. Yeah, I totally <laughs> did. <laughs> he was too ugly to pull it off. He was skinny enough, but too ugly. Gene is ugly. Oh, as Gene head. looks ridiculous. He's the ugliest woman in the world in that picture. Well, it was, he was just trying out his asylum d- outfit right, early. Right, yeah, <laughs> giving it a test run way, way early ahead of time. You know, in about 13 years, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to give this a shot. It'll be in at the time. Can't wait till we take the makeup off yeah. that we haven't put on yet. But then I can put this back on. Oh, um, man. <laughs> all right. You got so, nice I mean, one. the influence was obviously there through image at least. Yes. But I'm glad they were, you know, able to look in the mirror and see that we can't be what they are. No, they would get influenced by another makeup wearing act. Yes. And we'll get to that. And that brings us right to it. What a segue, Chris, man. We're fucking professionals at this podcasting thing. We're getting there. Because Alice Cooper's cool. You know what's cooler than Alice Cooper? Four Alice Coopers. <laughs> Heck yeah. Because when Kiss saw Alice Cooper playing live, that was the consensus I love right that then story. and there. Everybody knows it. They they looked up on the stage and said, you know, that guy's awesome, you know, and the rest of the guys in the band all kind of look normal. But look at him, but what if? What if all of us look like this? What if you multiplied Alice Cooper times four? Mm-hmm. What would happen? Mm-hmm. World domination. Yeah, they went to the Billion Dollar Babies concert at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That's a famous story in Kiss. I love that story. That's just cool to imagine the guys in Kiss, you know, seeing that. And they said Ace and Paul, Peter and Peter and Gene stayed up in the seats, and Ace and Paul went running down front. Yeah, just picturing that. I can totally picture that. Yeah, Gene and Peter being reserved, sitting in the back, being cool. Yeah, (laughs) because Peter's like, I'm a serious musician. Ace and Paul not caring. (laughs) Ace don't care about nothing. That's very cool. I'd love to have been there. Yeah, but Alice Cooper, you can't deny, certainly a huge influence on the band for sure. Not just. Theatrically, not just image-wise, musically too, but absolutely musically too. And I think this is a good example of that from 1971. Again, this is right. This is what 71. Wicked Lester was still going on then, right? I think that's around the time when it's Wicked Lester was kind of falling apart. Uh, I think that that's probably. I think that's around the time they recorded that album. Yeah. So Alice Cooper had been around for a while before then, you know. Even the, at that night when they saw him and it all clicked and came together, you know they were listening to the albums. You know they were listening to Love It to Death. And you know they were hearing songs like Long Way to Go.
That's an awesome choice. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like, yeah, I mean, all mm-hmm. these songs we've played so far today and we've chosen to highlight, mm-hmm. you know, are all songs that I could totally imagine Kiss or Ace Frehley or Peter Chris doing a cover of. Yeah. Putting their own spin on it, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, that one and like we got, we were lucky enough to see Alice live about a month ago, I think, and and he pulled that song out. Yeah, that was, that was bad. That was cool, man. Because that's not that's more of a deep cut, you know. Right. It was not a hit at all, but uh, it's such a great. It, song. it was so great to hear him play it live, though. But yeah, that's uh, that era of Alice is so special. But yeah, there, and then the Kiss tie-ins, of course, are numerous to Alice Cooper. Right. Yeah. Well, over the most years. notably Dick Wagner and Bob Ezrin. You know. Right. Of course, playing on Destroyer. Yeah, and then uh, Bob Ezrin producing The Elder and also producing right. Dada. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. Common denominator: not only Bob Ezrin, but lots of cocaine. Lots of cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) Both interesting albums, though. Oh yeah, they are definitely interesting. Uh, So okay, goes down next to me. This is the most poppy thing I'm going to play today, but it's a great song. Um, I want to play something by the Raspberries. And do you know much about the Raspberries? I know nothing about the Raspberries. Okay. They formed in Cleveland, Ohio, Eric Singer's hometown, in 1970. The band included members Eric Carmen, Wally Bryson, Dave Smalley, and Jim Bonfanti. Does one of those names stand out to you? Uh, Eric Carmen. Eric Carmen. Well, yeah, but Eric Carmen, <laughs> this is not. I'm sure he's not super proud of it now, but he had a hit on the Dirty Dancing soundtrack called "Hungry Eyes." Yes, I knew that name was from really. Oh God, that song. He was like oh, an 80s hurts. pop singer. Hurts to even think about it. But the Raspberries were like a power pop band from the Midwest, and they had shorter hair and kind of like clean-cut suits, kind of uniformish. Yeah. And it was kind of an homage to the mod look of the British Invasion, okay. which was a huge influence on Paul Stanley. Paul loved right. the mod movement. He was oh, in, really into that stuff. Oh, those guys all loved the English music. Yeah, and but by the time the Raspberries came out in the early 70s, that was considered uncool, which is probably yeah. why they didn't really blow up, but... I'm sure Paul had respect for it because he's like, they're still trying to do it. You right. Know? Um, the same way that we look at the bands that we look at, you know, and, and yeah, it is 2016, but we we take good music and we hold on to that, man. Yeah. So nothing wrong with that. So he, I'm sure he appreciated the, the uniform look and everything. And another um, kind of interesting thing that may have been an influence on Kiss, the American version of their first LP carried a scratch and stiff sticker that was scented with a soft fruit perfume. Huh. So a sticker inside of an album. We can put stuff inside albums, like order forms. See? May, yeah. may have been an influence on Kiss. Uh, their power pop sound would go on to, to influence numerous musicians throughout the decade, would also rub off on Paul with the song Wouldn't You Like to Know Me from his solo album. This, that song, oh, really? Paul even admits, that's my Raspberries ripoff song. Yeah. Because it's very Raspberries sounding. It's a great song. This is the Raspberries' biggest hit. It's their song called Go All the Way.
That's pretty cool, man. I love it's it. different it's, for yeah. sure. It, you know, it's kind of silky smooth on the chorus, but right. I think that the main chords to it are nice and pretty nice and rocking. Yeah. You know, but I can, uh, you know, they were influenced like bands like Cheap Trick and The Sweet. Totally. And, and some yeah, of the, oh, yeah. I can totally hear so that. So they were kind of forerunners of the power pop thing that would blow up in England over, you know, about 10 years later. Right on. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's like Kiss wasn't the only band being influenced by English rock, you know, because oh, no. you got to figure at the time where Kiss was coming up, you know, and where where does it really all start for Kiss? Where does it start for Paul Stanley? Where does it start for Gene Simmons especially? Well, that's obvious. The Beatles. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I'm sure always... a lot of you listening have been like, when the hell are they going to talk about the right. Beatles? Right, of course. You know, <laughs> I mean, we are a hard rock, you know, show, but... We did two we, episodes we on the Beatles. Did, yeah, we did two episodes on the Beatles. We did the heavier side of Beatles, which is, that's, that's something special that we mm-hmm. did. That's worth checking out. You know, and then the other ones we did. But, you know, you can't talk about Kiss without talking about the Beatles, because the Beatles is where it all begins. Young Paul Stanley, young Gene Simmons mm-hmm. watching the Ed Sullivan show, you know, seeing the girls go crazy. You know, Gene Simmons, <laughs> like, wasn't even looking at the band, was like, whoa, <laughs> those women would do anything. Yeah, he's like, why does the camera keep showing the band? Go back and show the girls. Right, you know, <laughs> so he knew that day, you know, and I love it. I love it, the fact that so many different people we've talked to over the years at Decibel Geek have relayed to us their story of when they yep. saw that. I'm you jealous know? of anyone who got to see that live. And how special it was. Mm-hmm. Like an event. Yeah, it was monumental. Yeah. It's just like the moon landing, in my opinion. Totally. And without it, no kiss. Oh, absolutely not. So, more monumental than the moon landing, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Did the moon, well, the moon landing probably influenced Ace. Yeah, maybe. Because that's where they found him. Yeah. Crash landed from Jandell on the moon, picked him up, brought him back, joined Kiss. Yeah. The rest is See? Kistery. So, NASA and the Beatles. It's beautiful. Responsible for Kiss. So you can't deny the Beatles' influence at all. So I thought, and I do believe this is the furthest we've ever gone back on the Decibel Geek podcast. I think so. To 1964. This might be a tough one for you guys. So I want you to, I want you to put on your your distortion imagination. <laughs> if, oh, if you can't get into this, come on. I want you to just to imagine these guitars are a lot more crunchy than they are. And you can hear Kiss deep in this. You can hear the melodies. You can see the song structure and know that this is where Kiss came from. So like I said, it comes to you from 1964. It was the B-side to the song everybody knows, Can't Buy Me Love. You ever heard that before? A couple times. A couple times. Well, this one's very cool. It's a little bit of a deeper cut. That's why I like it. That's what makes it eligible to be played on the Decibel Geek podcast during Kissmas in July. It's the one and only Beatles with You Can't. Do that. I've got something to say that might cause you pain. If I catch you talking to that boy again, I'm gonna let you down and leave you flat. Because I told you before, oh, you can't do that. Well, it's the second time I caught you talking to him. Do I have to tell you one more time? Listen to me if 
John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Yeah, see, and Kiss. Gene, Paul, oh, Ace, Ace, and Peter. And Peter. Yep. Four distinct personalities all in one band. Yep. Tell me that wasn't an influence. Oh, they were the blueprint. You know, other than in between the Beatles and Kiss, was there ever a band that was more, you know, four in one like oh, that? The, Maybe the Monkees a little Stones. bit. But not even the Stones because the Stones were all Keith Richards and, and uh, Mick Jagger. Those two guys yeah. were the stars and the other guys were just kind of I the other guys. I guess they didn't carry the weight. Um, no, yeah. So without like the Beatles and those four distinct personas, because look at it like this. I remember my mom telling stories about the Beatles and who was her favorite. Yeah. And everybody had a favorite Beatle. Oh, they had all their own fan base. It's like Kiss yeah, back in the day. Kiss. Everybody had their favorite member of Kiss. Yeah, I guess there wasn't a... There's very few bands, very, very few bands throughout history in rock and roll that have had the star power within the band where the members are almost as important as the whole. And we didn't get a Wyman's Comet. A Wyman's Comet? Yeah, Bill Wyman. We didn't get oh. Wyman's Comet. Somebody's going to, well, we will get some. I, I'm a Bill Wyman guy. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Or, you know, an old Redding solo project or from or Mitch Mitchell. or Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else no. would have. No, I guess the Beatles were unique and Kiss was unique for that. Yeah. Nobody you know, like it. Unless we're going to count. The monkeys, the monkeys kind of. I would but they say. were broadcast. They were branded as a television personality Right. Group. So they were all so, all four stars of a TV show. They were based off personality. Right. They were and marketed they were, And they were way. modeled off the Beatles. So, which I know Ken Mills is going to get mad at me for that. But I'm sorry. But they were they had a TV show backing them. So we're saying, we're, I'm just going to go on record as saying this. The Beatles and Kiss are the only bands in rock and roll history where the four members are almost as strong as the whole. Yeah. Where they've all gone on. Well, I mean, of course, Gene and Paul have stayed with Kiss, but Ace and Peter have gone on to do stuff. You know, and like Peter's probably, you know, the way Ringo is like not sort of as popular as the rest, but still, you know. Although if Bonham There's Catman people. Yeah. Even Zeppelin. Zeppelin, you know. Talk about that. They don't get the the do as the four as they should because it was always Page and Plant. Everybody talked about it. They were up there with the four. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. But I no, I mean, know. but the Beatles were completely the blueprint because it was the personality thing. Every member sang lead. Every member would contribute to writing. They had dolls made about them. Right. Kiss completely said, we're using this as the, the plan to do what we do. And they totally did it. Yeah, they did. They took it and to it levels worked. not seen before the Beatles. Yeah, and the fact that you had the visual image. I mean, they, they basically just took, the Beatles had all wore the same suits. Right. They had the same haircut. Yeah. Kiss was like, we'll just alter that a little, go a little bit more extreme. We'll, we'll be different, but we'll be the same. Yeah. They all look like they belong in a band together. Four Alice Coopers. Yeah. It's it's funny, though, that that there wasn't more of that going on at the time. You would sure think so. Do you think more people would have followed that blueprint and said, let's just do it that way? Right. Unless they did and they weren't. They, but, but you, you have know, to have that's, songs, that's too, the though. Thing. Yeah, exactly. you got to have the music, too. Yeah. Like the first Kiss album, Masterpiece. You know, The production on the following albums, maybe not so great, but the songs, awesome. Yeah. The live shows, when people are out seeing Kiss live, they're getting their minds blown everywhere that band goes around mm-hmm. the country. Every, all those little shows they're doing, everyone sees them, are getting blown away. The other music musicians are feeling nervous because they're seeing something on stage that nobody's seen before and now at this point if somebody else tries to come in and do that 
you're not kiss you know but what if something like that was happening in california at the exact same time across the other side of the country or maybe even over in england across the world you know other side of the world well i mean there was the crazy world of arthur brown and i mean he was he was out before alice was so i mean i'm and i'm sure he influenced alice i mean i sure there was there was only one of him yeah but he didn't have Ezrin coming in and, and giving him songs like "Schools Out" or helping him right. mold into songs like that. Yeah, you know, I liked our, I like some of Arthur Brown stuff, but there sure. wasn't a mass appeal with his music. It no, was, it was, but it he was did have the niche. theatrics. Oh, absolutely! Face paint had a fucking hat that would set on fire. Like a colander. He was crazy. <laughs> crazy world of Arthur Brown. Yes. But yeah, he had a song called "Fire" that was amazing. But yeah. it was really hippie-ish though. Like it starts out, "I am the god of hellfire," and it goes. Fire. It's, ding, 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 ding. it's got a keyboard. But anyway, I'm off on a tangent. And what's the band that originally did uh, Midnight Moses? Sensational Alex Harvey band. Those guys. And they had a guitar player that had a, had clown makeup. Yeah, because we're, I mean, we're getting Al. to the end here because there's other bands. Yeah, too well, that, I was gonna say, do you have bands that, that almost made your list? I that would you say to those guys for sure. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, we've. I think I had we, the move. Um, I don't they know did much a song. About them. Well, they did a song called "Fire Brigade," yeah, and that's what Paul Stanley based "Firehouse" off of, just because of the word "fire." Because I I've listened to it, and it sounds nothing like "Firehouse" to me. Hmm. And it's actually, in my opinion, not that good of a song. Um, there was a band called the Naz that that were in, they were a little bit inspiring to them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, almost picked them. We talked a little bit about the Stones. You know, the Stones, the Stones are very influential yeah. on Kiss. Um, T Rex, Mark Mark Bolin alone, his style was yeah. very influential on Paul Stanley's style. Look yeah. at the, you know, Paul in '74 would wear that um, leather jacket with like the, the real thick buttons on it. Yeah. That were all around. Right. Completely a Mark Bolin thing. Oh, it, yeah. And even in stage mannerisms, Paul was Steve Marriott in vocal tone and Mark Bolin in looks and stage moves. Right. And he was a combination of the two of them. Kissy face. Yeah. Mark Bolin was a big influence on Paul Stanley. But I was listening to T-Rex and I love T-Rex. I have a lot of their records, but I was like trying to think, are any of these songs stuff that I could hear Kiss doing? And outside of the obvious ones like 20th Century Boy, which is a huge hit, which you've all heard a million times, I was like, there's not much out there because really T-Rex is a little bit more uh, kind of fantasy based and like folky yeah, ta- sounding yeah. yeah and Kiss was like more, a lot of more boogie a lot of boogie woogie type yeah. music which I love but it, it uh, musically not that influential on Kiss right Kiss might like flow into that a little bit at here times. and there at times but I wouldn't but call overall, it a primary influence I think no. it was more of a style thing than anything yeah and then you got uh, Gene Krupa <laughs> yeah, we could have played some Gene Krupa. I thought about it just just to be an asshole. <laughs> you want to just some, play a Gene Krupa drum kids? solo? Oh, I almost wanted to play some uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins because he, yeah. he was a big influence on Gene with the whole you know the theatrical thing. He I was, was going to play some Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, folks. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, you guys have been listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been having a lot of fun today. Chris got one more pick before we get out of here talking about the Roots of Kiss. This is the way we're kicking it off this week. We've got a bunch of really cool stuff planned for you. The VIPs already know. Oh, yeah. We already we spilled the beans on, the uh, VIPs already on a definite know special what's, guest. What's coming for Christmas in July. The rest of you will have to wait and be surprised when it happens. Or... You could become a VIP, which is a simple thing to do. Just go to decibelgeek.com. We encourage you to check out our website because yes. this is a decibel geek world, and it seems like we're just kind of a small part <laughs> of it cog. sometimes. We're a cog in the machine now. You know? 
We're 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 the we're the hub, right? Yeah, we're still the hub, right? I hope so. Some days I'm like, because we're we also got, a podcast. Because we've got some pretty <laughs> awesome spokes. If we're still the hub, I we mean, do. we've got writers all over the freaking planet, and, and these are quality rock and roll journalists that are out there going to the shows that we can't go to because we're in Nashville and you are where you are. Yeah. So we can't go to every show there is. You know, like we talked about earlier, Rock and Ron Runyon hooking up with the uh, Angels in Vain and doing the whole Vegas thing out there and how cool that turned out. Yeah. And we've got other writers that are busting out articles mm-hmm. and reviews and concert reviews and just rock and roll pieces that you have to see and enjoy. You got to. You just got to. If you love this kind of stuff, it's all for you. It's all there at decibelgeek.com. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram. There's cool stuff going on on Instagram. Twitter's Um, going crazy now. Twitter's Twitter's always been crazy. Well, I mean, it's our our following on Twitter is way up. Oh, that's cool. I just meant it was crazy because I don't understand how any of it works. (laughs) Well, it's in good hands and it's going well. The Instagram looks great. Um, I just stick with the low people on the the, Facebook. uh, Facebook. No, Facebook's fun, too. Also, if you do the VIP thing, you get to be part of the Facebook group. Yes, that's I'm going to put some exclusive stuff. Uh, There's going to be a lot of VIP stuff, uh, KISS-related, going up on that that group this month, just so you guys know. I'm going to start dedicating more time to the VIP group because I feel like I love them people more than anybody else. Because you're getting paid, not because of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's because they took the time no, to show that much care towards it, it us. It says a lot about their support of the show. But I'm not going to put any nude photos up there. Well, I hope not. Okay, uh, especially of you. I'm just saying. Okay, what are you trying to say? <laughs> wow. Should I want to see nude photos of like, you, Aaron? If I was gay, Aaron, you wouldn't even come close. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. Well, the if I was Jeez. gay part never enters my mind. So Whatever. You have nothing Dr. to worry about. Love, Doctor Love. Oh, man. That's what they call me. All right. <laughs> He's got a, the cure, but it ain't what I'm thinking uh, of. Yeah, no shit. It took a weird turn. Okay. Should probably edit that shit out. <laughs> nah. nah, it's funny. Okay. So I got one more pick. And, uh, Zeb, you know, and the Beatles were an obvious choice, of course. They right. like kind of the, the sure. big obvious one. For Paul Stanley influences, I have to pick Led Zeppelin. Yes. Um, there's no all qu- of them, I think. Ace, yeah. Ace and Paul especially. Yeah, I think all of them were Zeppelin fans. There's no question that this band was a massive influence on Kiss. Uh, there's I mean, even Peter with his Gene Krupa background has got to look at Bonham, you know, and yeah, guys was, like Keith Moon and be like, wow, you know, he wasn't immune to all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, Zeppelin was, you know, they, they had a bigness about them. Like, mm-hmm. they... It's like there were the other bands, and then there was Zeppelin. Right. They like almost existed on a whole different level. Yeah. Um, and that, this is from somebody who wasn't even around when they right. broke on the scene, but you could say, just tell from people from that what I people say. To, you pretty much, in order to really understand the scope of it, you almost have to be there. And if you're listening to this right now, and you were there during that time, tell us. You're probably right, you know. And and get on the Facebook page and tell us all about it. Yeah, and I got to think Robert Plant was a big influence on Paul. Absolutely. For his performance and, and, you know, even vocal styling on some of his stuff. Jimmy Page clearly influenced Days. He's mentioned and it his, in tons of interviews. Yeah, and his guitar choice. Yeah. Um, John Bonham's crushing drumming had to have been an influence on Peter in the early years because yeah. Peter was real similar to Bonham on the first Because he was first crushing couple of tours. back then. And uh, John Paul Jones probably inspired Gene with the walking bass lines that uh, were yeah. a part of Gene's playing early on. 
uh, not just playing root notes, actually being willing to go all up and down the fretboard and do your own your own melody right. line against the guitars. That's the one thing I loved about early Kiss is yes. they Gene's bass lines would just go completely counter to what Paul and Ace were doing, and Paul and Ace would do like octave stuff with the one doing the low part, one doing the high part. Yeah. So it all sounded like one giant guitar. Right. That's what I with loved little about little deviations. Yeah, with it. Gene kind of but then bouncing Gene, in and out. Yeah, and then Peter his own doing his own beat. Yeah. But it all worked. Together. It, it was yeah. like four again, it's like KISS. It's four different things combining to become something majestic right. and awesome that cannot be compared to. That's right. And uh you can definitely hear this tune and ha- see how it influenced Paul to write Making Love for Rock and Roll Over. Oh, yes. This is Led Zeppelin from their first album in 1969, performing Communication Breakdown. And we'll see you next week. As Kissmas in July rolls on. Check one, two, one, two, three, four people. Okay. So this is the add on bonus little VIP thing that you guys. What that, level is this going in? I, well, this is going on the regular show. So this is sort of a pseudo VIP. So thing. this is like for level three and up or. Oh, for, for what, what, what yeah. this normally would right. be. Like, where will I put this? $3 and up. Okay. Oh, they're getting, everybody's getting the good stuff, man. We're giving it away yeah well to this week but are the five are the five level people gonna get mad i don't think so this is just a this is like a, we don't want to share this with those stinking three dollar people we're doing something different for the actual vips this is just a little sampler of what you get if you're a vip oh 
It's just a small taste. Oh, so we're not actually recording VIP right now? No, no. This is just something we're tagging on at the end of each episode this month. Okay. All right. Just to give you an idea. All right. You you guys notice how... then let me relax a little bit. You guys notice how loose it already is? This is what it's like. Yeah. Let's relax. There's no... You wanted the bad... What, you don't like that? No, you just scared the shit out of me when you did it earlier. (laughs) Every single week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. Aaron makes me jump at least, you know, two, three times a month when we record. I'm like, oh, what the fuck was that? And we leave the air conditioner on. Like, he does the super pro loud it's like intro, and then I'm like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we're doing the free show, we can't afford to have the air conditioner on. Yeah. But while we're doing VIP, thanks to you, you guys. You get the benefit of hearing the air conditioner. You get, you get the benefit <laughs> of hearing us enjoy conditioned air yeah because we were sweating like pigs by the end of the the uh, roots of kiss hot episode. In here, man that was fun that's what happens when you talk about kiss yeah the studio gets hot so this is kind Hotter of a, hell kind of a combination chris and aaron show and versus because we're gonna do verses in a minute but basically we unwind after we record and we just we talk about what we recorded or what what's what's in the works or sometimes we do it before we record yeah it just depends sometimes after sometimes that we just recorded sometimes the, when we have guests we like take the stuff that they tell us they they couldn't <laughs> go on the regular show and we release it just to the VIPs that's true. and the VIPs have heard stuff that yeah. normally you wouldn't get to hear they got the full desmond they did ow there's some fun stuff in that one yeah that was oh and that was when i um I guessed it on a show out when I was out in California, uh, Rock Solid, and that was one of the questions that Pat had for me when we were just talking was, you know, what was the interview that you had where you were you were like, I can't believe I'm sitting here, and I was like, we had a few that were that way, yeah. But Desmond Child was probably the the height of this is so surreal. That was a trip. It was that was an interview I never expected to get a yes for. The thing to me that stands out about that is always the funniest thing that, you know, here's this guy. He's got probably at least a million dollars in the bank. Oh, he's got more money than God. And, yeah. you know, we're in this, like, posh studio. Yeah. You know, this this bunker of a building. Yeah, it used you know, to be a bank. Amazing place. A bank. Yes, absolutely. It was it, a his bank. His studio is in a bank vault, literally. And, literally. In the vault <laughs> in the basement yeah. is where the studio is. And... Here's this this powerful and attractive man, and he's got you know songs that he's written that we've all heard a billion there's, times. These are songs that will be famous fifty hundred years from now. Still, and, and then there's our sorry asses, and they're just doing everything to scratch and claw and steer the conversation <laughs> to kiss. kiss. <laughs> yeah, that was a really that, brilliant that idea on me, my part. That to me is is the the tops right there because we're. We are in no league to be telling Desmond Child what to do. Yeah, it went like, oh, yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, Heaven's on Fire. Yeah, I remember that song. Anyway, back to Bon Jovi. Now, fuck Bon Jovi. Yeah. Let's talk about Analyze. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I was recording with Ant- with Aerosmith, I was like, all now, right. fuck Aerosmith. Let's talk about Kiss. Yeah, I was like, and like, okay, Desmond, we'll, we'll talk about what you want to talk about. But it was fun anyway. I mean, his stories, even the ones he steered himself, were really good. No, they were awesome. But, yeah, yeah that, totally was, uh, that was a that was a – surreal experience but anyway we're now we're off ta- that's what the that's what all the vip stuff is it's tangents yeah yeah it's just us kind of chilling and like reflecting after the shows are over yeah. and you know or before they begin you know talking about what's about to happen or or uh staggering uh, around farm rock drunk oh yeah. man i got more farm rock adventures sure to upload. You do. I, I got we're up we're done with the first night okay 
So we're on to the second night ah, now, and that's and that stuff's going to be coming up real soon. The one where I uh, started drinking at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to cure my hangover from the night before. <laughs> God. And then I was so drunk that night, too. That's when I drank so much beer, and I felt so bloated, I have to switch to something else, and that something else ended up being cold gin. Cold gin! Oh, I Sometimes. promised I wasn't going to sing to the VIP. Well, this aren't the VIP, so. Well, kind of it is. Kind of is. This Hopefully is, you guys will become VIPs after listening to this. So this is this. a free Chris and Aaron show. Basically, That's, and we're about to we're, go into Versus, too. Okay, so we're, we've done several different concepts with our VIP stuff. We've, like I said, you know, we've taken extra pieces of interviews that nobody else got to hear and yep. make that into Chris and Aaron shows. And we've done, oh, man, what have we done? All kinds of stuff. Um, Tournaments tournaments yeah we do our tournaments every once in a while where i'll go over to the to decibel geek the walls CD of library CDs. lots and, and lots of and CDs. pull out random discs and do a tournament i still got a, i got them with the prince memorial tournament yeah. i haven't even uploaded well, yet and the tournaments always go better when aaron picks the cds because i for some reason i have the worst luck picking these cds yeah that one time you did it to me it was kind of weird I was like okay here's like a record but all the times i, I do it to you it's really interesting yeah i don't i don't get that you're better at choosing than me i guess or you're better at answering the questions. You're better at being the judge of the tournament. I'm good at judging. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Quit judging me, man. Yeah, but we did that, and we've done... You know, it's just a lot of extra content, and it, and yeah. it, it changes all the time, and uh, we love We're to interact. We're not tied uh, to, to any format there, so kind of like the show. It's just kind of... it's You know the Decibel Geek podcast is loose and fun, but, but this, this is yeah yeah but we still take pride in trying to make it professional yeah. for everybody and be organized this is for the vips what you pay for is unprofessionalism <laughs> <laughs> but we did it because i've heard we've had people over the years say you know i'd like to hear you guys just talk more as yourselves unless you know trying to go from song to song to song right because we we pride ourselves on being educators yeah rock and roll educators we get to be dumb doing this stuff right yeah we just talk about whatever i mean after this point it's like We've been drinking beer. Well, I've been drinking beer tonight, uh, but normally we're drinking beer together. And, you know, we're, we got a good buzz going on, but we've held it together. You know, mm. I, I know I do. I experience this. <laughs> got a really good buzz going on, and I haven't really slurred too much, and I haven't staggered on my words too much, and I really held it together during the regular episode. But then it's finally over, and it's like, oh. and that's when the Randy Rhodes speech begins. <laughs> <laughs> No, that one actually made it that was on the, the air. show. Yeah. yeah, listen to that episode. Wow. Oh man. <laughs> All right, so let's segue into verses. We're doing a kiss verses here. Now verses, we basically take two albums or two things, two things, and, and we face and them we off, pit them against each other in a death match a death to the match. finish. But we are we we're each judging these, right? Yeah, we'll yeah we'll each judge them. Okay. So it ain't, it ain't all on. So you. which two albums are okay, we doing? Okay, so it's Kissmas in July. So I thought since we're doing this special Chris and Aaron show for free, we might as well just go over to this the massive wall of of Decibel Geek Library CDs yeah. and pull out go go on down to the K section, reach on down to the KIs and the Pat Pat not no croaks too far back up back up a little bit. Killing joke. Killing Joke, there's a little bit back. No, King a little Diamond. further. King Diamond. <laughs> You're like, back a little bit. No, no, Killer Dwarfs. Oh, too far. Go back. All right, there's Kiss. Yep. Let's just pull two out at random. And here we are. Yes. With Crazy Nights oh, yeah. versus Dress to Kill. Oh, yeah. Two iconic rock and roll albums from the hottest band in the world. Iconic in this studio. 
in here, yes, in this studio, these are both albums in the highest regard. Absolutely. And so, you know, this I think I tough. think on the surface, I think most people would say, well, pff, pff, that's easy. Obviously, it's dressed to kill. Mm. And that's what I think. Well, let's look at different factors here. Okay. Let's start with the album covers. Album covers, I got to give it to Dress to Kill. Do you? Well, they're wearing makeup. So makeup automatically wins? Automatically. I don't know. They wore makeup on Psycho Circus. But th- that was just like a drawing. That was that a shit count. album cover, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like that was the cool thing at the time with the moving the, album it was cover. called a lenticular cover. It's like a hologram. Lame-ticular. It was one of those, like, probably sounded great on paper, and then you saw it, you're like, what the fuck is this? And then in 2016, ACDC says, that's an, or 2015, they said, that's an awesome idea. I kind of like theirs, because there was the was logo. Cool. Yeah, and if it, it was blew a, up. If it was a Kiss logo that did that, it'd be cool. But it was just like the circus It looked like a fucking circus and wagon, and like yeah. a wagon in a fucking clown's face. And Stupid. It was dumb. I hate it. I don't know, man. I do like the Crazy Nights cover, though. Crazy Nights cover is very cool. I the like Broken Mirror. The Broken Mirror. I remember having this on LP when I was a kid. Now, the like, back... You, you always talk about... See, and this is the funny thing, because everyone says, oh, Chris Sinzak, he's the Crazy Nights guy. All right. But to be honest with you, you know, and I was a young kid, way too young to probably be listening to Kiss. All right. But for whatever reason, my warped-ass parents let me do it because I had cool aunts and uncles that would let me do it behind their back even if they said no. You were, And so yeah, I was a little bitty kid. Yeah. And so, but Crazy Nights really truly is my the first, first new one. one that was new. Yeah. Because everything I'd heard by Kiss was in retrospect, even Asylum. Yeah. Even Animalize. You know, those had already been out for a little while when I heard them. Oh, so you got into them around 87 also? Well, I mean, I guess... Or... I guess technically it would be Animalized because my Uncle Bruce gave me Animalize. Yeah, but like you came into your own new. as a fan around the time? But like it, when it came time for me to take my money that I earned and go buy a brand new album, yeah, it was Crazy Nights. Okay. See, my first one was Hot in the Shade to do that. Yeah. But Crazy Nights was my discovering the band the first time. Although, see, let's see. I don't know. Cover? I'm so blessed to have discovered Kiss with Double Platinum and Alive too. Yeah. I guess I would give the cover nod to Dress to Kill because it's such a unique cover. It's the only time they're not in costumes. They're it actually cool. wearing suits, which makes it different. It looks like a 30s gangster scene. It does. It's you know? cool. And, and I remember when I was... shoes they're wearing. Yeah, when I was a kid, I always thought it was kind of a really cool cover like just yeah because it's almost like it's like a black and white picture it looks like a retro cover it's honestly one of my favorite kiss covers. and i even like the little kiss logos that you know surround yeah. the border it looks Weren't originally on the album i think those were supposed to be like embossed yeah they were it. raised yeah i have on my vinyl it's got it, it, it's a much much better cover on vinyl than on cd right so i'd give the cover nod to dress to kill but i do like the crazy nights when it's kind of harkening back to paul's shattered mirror guitar yeah do you know the they, story they all look cool on it do you know the story behind the shattered mirror cover though uh-uh they got they had hired a guy i think this was in ck lent's book um they had hired the photographer to do this and he was like some famous rock photographer for album covers and they wanted what what they initially want, what the photographer had in mind was the the glass would be smashed in like a million pieces and you'd yeah. see tons and tons of reflections of the members, but it would just be like a kaleidoscope. Ah, and that's no good. When that's the band saw much. it, they're like, "But you can't see our faces." Right. So they changed it to this. Paul says, "Look at me, I'm so beautiful. I'm I'm way better looking than Brett Michaels, old Bon Jovi." 
Interesting. And you got to go, and then on the back cover, you of course you see the uh, turquoise thong, which yeah. that's that's what that's, that's the, the big trendsetter. Turn, that's right the turn off. He was the dude that started <laughs> that for all them women in the nineties. Oh, Paul. Yeah, Paul was a woman, a, a leading uh, feminist or something. Well, he wasn't a leading feminist, but he was a leader in feminine fashion. Because oh, yeah. think about it, before this this album, yeah, did you ever see any women doing that? In magazines, sure. But they didn't have pants on with the thong coming up over the top. Oh, so Paul was a trendsetter. But then after that, think about like WWE. I mean, it always comes back to wrestling me, of but course. remember Lita? Sort of. She always wore the baggy pants and yeah. had the thong that showed up over the, the top, top of them. That was the muffin top. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Paul, Paul Stanley, Stanley invented the muffin he top. He fucking invented the muffin top. <laughs> oh, There's God. your sound bite. But here, the, <laughs> the, you know what angers me about that back cover? Asi- the Paul ruins it though because let me look at it because we're going from Asylum, which was arguably the worst look yeah, the band totally. ever had. Yeah, the other three guys look pretty cool on the back cover. They do. And then you got fucking Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. why that picture is just I don't know. Why they have to go with that picture? I bet, and I guarantee Paul decided to use that picture. Desmond Child was like, Paul, you look great. Oh, come on, Aaron, don't go. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Somebody's got to start the muffin top phenomenon. Wow. Okay. Well, what's the back cover dress to kill? There's nothing special about that nah, at all, is there? The, it's just the song the titles. Reverse. Oh, it's the. That's kind of cool too. Yeah, because it's yeah. I don't know. They could have done something cooler. It wins backside. on the back cover design purely out of by default because of fucking Paul's panties. I don't know. I like the backside of Crazy Nights and better I do because love, it, at least it's different. And it's got the Chikara symbol. Yeah. You know what that means? No. It's Japanese for power. Power. Yeah. And attractive. And blue tur- gymnasium. And turquoise panties. Turquoise muffin top panties. <laughs> but gonna- Gene Simmons does look fucking cool. But here's the thing about this. I remember when I was about the age when this came out. Yeah. And my brother used to go to a babysitter in town. Because mm-hmm. he was a couple years younger than me. But I would catch the ride into the babysitter with my parents and then get to go hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the babysitter had a couple of daughters. And the one daughter was my age, and the other daughter was a little bit older, and she was pretty. I had a big crush on her. But there, yeah. she was totally out of my league because right. I was just a kid, and she was almost a woman. But she loved Kiss. But her favorite thing about Kiss was how fucking hot Paul Stanley is. Oh, okay. Like, even at that age, and that girl's in high school. I'm probably in, like, junior high, middle schoolish kind of age. And she was, like, all about fucking how hot Paul Stanley was when Crazy Nights came out. Hmm. You got to remember, Paul Stanley's, you know, getting middle-aged in this. Well, he was know? marketed as the sex symbol during totally. that period. I mean, look at his hairy-ass chest and his <sighs> six-pack muscles. Hmm. And his turquoise thong. All right, all right. Let's talk about the songs. It's getting weird. All right. It's all about image with Kiss, too. I gotta say, though, I always thought Gene Simmons looked pretty damn cool. And I, it confused me because I was like, really? You don't think Gene? Like, you don't think Gene's good looking? And she was like, no, Paul. <laughs> I said, well, what about Eric Carr? I mean, is he good looking? And she's like, nope, Paul. So what about, nope, Paul? You know, it was just. Mm-hmm. To her, it was Paul Stanley was everything in that band, and she was a hot girl. 
Okay. So that's got to count for something. We might not understand the the thong thing. She's not into the whole logs. And but she was, thing. yeah, no, she was all about Paul freaking Stanley. She's into the lick my candy cane thing. Yes. Okay. I guess. All right, so we're let's get in. I didn't in. know nothing about that back then. All right, so let's get into the music. Well, musically, what I mean, we, well, geez, I mean, are we gonna is... go track against track? This should be fun. Okay. Although there's you less wanna... songs on Dress to Kill, I think. I think there's. What, nine songs on Dress to Kill? It's not that many. Uh, Ten on Dress to Kill, 11 on Crazy Nights. Okay, so we'll have one hanging out there by itself. Okay. All right, well, I guess we could do that. All right, so we start (laughs) out with Crazy Crazy Nights versus Room Service. I think, hands down, it's Room Service. Are you fucking kidding me? No, not even fucking close. Oh, God. I like Room Service way better than Crazy. To me, Crazy Crazy Nights was always like... I don't know, man. Even then when this came out, and I was enamored with it when it came out. Yeah. But, like, looking back on it, I'm not the biggest fan of Crazy Nights. Huh. And especially that, I mean, that that lead song, the title track, man, it's kind of goofy. It was the 80s. What do you I expect? know. Room I know. service isn't goofy? Room service is kind of goofy, too, <laughs> I guess, now that you mention it. But, I mean, I don't know. A stewardess in a tight blue dress is, I got the time. I love that. Oh, gosh. I love that. Well, Better than a little song for everybody out there. It's yeah. cooler than that. I don't know. I, I'm going with... That seems, I don't know. I'm going with crazy, crazy. All right, well, we'll disagree on that one. I like both, though. I do, too. Of course. It's all What's next? All right, next we got I'll Fight Hell to Hold You uh-huh. versus Two Timer. And again... Very interesting that those two songs are going against each other because we have... Well, we'll talk about that another week. Um, mm, I'm going with I'll Fight Hell to Hold You. Really? Oh, yeah. Again, I'm going to go with Two Timer. So I think... Two I ti- love Two Timer. Two Timer and Room Service, like, those are... They're good, fun little songs, but yeah. you can tell they're written in a couple of minutes. They yeah, were, they because were they're kind of, especially two-timer. And, and two-timer to me, and we'll talk about this again in a couple of weeks, but I think, you know, for the time when this album came out, I think two-timer could have been a single and something that would have been played on radio along with other songs <coughs> that, you know, like people can relate to. My baby's a two-timer. Yeah, two-timer's know, catchier. Yeah, it's it's way catchy. I think yeah. it, I think it could have been a single, and I think it would have been good for Kiss to release that as a single at that time because I, out of all the songs on Dress to Kill, I think that one's probably the most radio friendly. You think? I think so. Well, there's another one on there that I thought was radio friendly, and we'll get to it. I'll fight hell to hold you. I think would have made a good single too. Yeah, because it, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't sure as would've. quote unquote goofy like you said. It was more a little bit serious in tone, and musically, it's really complex, especially right. for a Kiss song. And at the time too, you know that yeah. I think I consider that to be it's a ballad, but it's kind of like a heavier. It's ballad. a heavier ballad, yeah. And so I think at the time it would have been good for Kiss to release that as a single because. Um, it still had a bit of an edge to it. Yeah. Whereas, like, My Way and Reason to Live and stuff like that, I mean, That's kind I of guess we'll, we'll get to the how yeah, awful those songs but are. But this song was, I think, had real potential, and it kind of so got too. swept under the rug, which I thought was kind of sad. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so far, I'm two for two on Crazy Nights. Over I'm Dress, two for Dress two for Dress to Kill. 
So where are you at? All right, up next, uh, your favorite Kiss song of all time, Bang Bang You. Well, that's already a loser. All, all right. right, versus Ladies in Waiting. Oh, uh, This is almost a draw, in my opinion. Yeah? I hate Ladies in Waiting. Yeah, it's definitely not the best Kiss song. This song, sure. Ladies in Waiting, used to piss me off because... But do you remember the... It sounds no, like a... No, that's a different song. You're thinking of anything Oh, I'm thinking baby. of Room Service. Ladies in waiting. Yeah, I know. I like that song. It's just, but it's heavy. (laughs) I like that. The riff is okay. The riff is great. But you can tell they got the riff and they never went anywhere with it. And the lyrics are horrible. And it used to piss me off because, like, one of the first bootlegs I got was the Kobo Hall shows. Yeah. And they play that song as one of the songs, and it just kills all the momentum of the show. Hmm. In my opinion, I didn't like it. I just, it's such a, it's they didn't even. They didn't even build a second part to it. They like just I think they do the same verse over and over again in the in the chorus. There's nothing they wrote that song in a minute and a half. I mean, there's no way they put any work into it. Right. You know, and you can kind not of Not that you have to, but right. but still it wasn't you know, an inspired sometimes, song. Sometimes some sometimes that spontaneity, you know, sparks something amazing. But not in this case. But not always. This is filler to the max and then bang bang you. I still think it's better than bang bang well, you. Well, bang bang you <laughs> is a fucking insult to every Kiss fan in my opinion. Yeah. It's a garbage song. It's it's as generic as it gets. Right. And the I mean, the calling he, back to Love Gun. The, the callback to like Love that. Gun really pisses me off. Yeah. Because it's like, don't insult a great song love, with yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. You're cheapening Love Gun. It, I have to. I'll give the edge to Ladies in Waiting, but I think both suck. All right. So I'm so I'm two for Crazy Nights, one for Dressed to Kill. All right. I'm still all Dressed to Kill. All right. Number four, got No No No, versus <laughs> Getaway. Oh, I'd easily take Getaway. Over yeah, no, me no, too. No. Yeah, Getaway is a great song. I just it's an underrated the thing. Song. I always I hate about that is I wish, man, I wish Ace Frehley would have had the the cojones to sing these songs back then. Yeah, when he had a young voice, how great would that have been? I do like hearing Peter sing it though. Yeah, Peter does do a great job singing it, but I just think, I mean, obviously it's written by Ace Frehley. It's an Ace Frehley song, you know, and I can imagine. Ace Frehley singing it, yeah. and I'm kind of sad that he didn't go back and revisit that on his Origins album. Yeah, I mean, cool Parasite, right? You know, you yeah. play that live all the time. You know, yeah, it would have been more of a little surprise with would've Getaway. Been a sweet, awesome surprise. It's a really catchy tune. Like, it is. I mean, it, could, it had radio potential, also. I think so. Yeah, you know, it, it's it'll get stuck in your head. Oh, totally. Uh, and then that was totally. Going, what's that, that going against? No, that no, no. That song has been stuck in my head for as long as I can remember. So no, no, no. This will get stuck in your head in a bad way. Don't say you won't if you will. Don't yeah. say you've had your thrill. What a horrible chorus. Yeah, not good. No, 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 no. And then they actually say no, no, no. They say no, 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 no. Baby, don't say no, no, no. Now, musically, there's a decent riff there and some good playing. But Gene's vocals and his lyrics ruin that song. Uh, Gene, and there's no, no chorus. No means no. There's no hook to that song at all. Mm, so I'm. So now I'm, really. I'm. Now I got a tie going at two for two. I'm still all dressed to kill. All right, what's next? <sighs> Looks like things aren't gonna change for me. Up next, we got Rock Bottom versus Hell or High Water, and I like Hell or High Water. I love both of these songs. But I mean, y- y- how can you compare? just about any song ever written to rock bottom i mean rock bottom is a masterpiece but i, I mean i really like hell or high water it's one of my favorite songs on the crazy nights album hmm. 
It's a great Gene Simmons song. It's my favorite non-makeup era Gene song next to Unholy. Yeah. I don't know if I'd rank it that high, but it's, it's damn good. Uh, I'm going to go with Hell or High Water. Over, I like, over Rock Bottom? I like Rock Bottom, but if it, if it, if I was doing the Alive version of Rock Bottom compared to it, then yeah, I'd go with Rock Bottom. All right. I think the production kind of hurts it. Okay. So as now long, As long as you quantify it with something. So now I'm three to two Crazy Nights. You're still... You're what five to nothing crazy? I'm all dressed yeah. crazy nice. See, the only one that came close was Hell or High Water, right. but I mean, up against Rock Bottom, you just can't touch it. Okay. Here's another one that's going to be an easy one for me. Come on and love me versus my way. Now oh. here's your chance <laughs> for everybody to try to figure out your address and come beat your ass. I'm not picking my okay. way. Are you? Good I hate you. that song. <laughs> I love Crazy Nights as a record, but I think my way sucks. Is My Way the worst Kiss song of all time? No, not even close. Not I've, even close? Oh, no, I finally found My Way to You is the worst Kiss song of all time. Yeah, that's pretty bad. My Way's got to be number two. No. Of the worst Nothing Kiss Can Keep ever. Me From You is pretty bad, too. Yeah, it's Although that's really too. Paul and a bunch of musicians playing that one. Okay, so then My Way's got to be the third worst Kiss song. It's definitely in the top five. Yeah, because I can't. Those other two, yeah, I'll agree. Those are worse. As a Kenny Loggins song for a soundtrack, oh, it's a great song. Totally, yeah. As a Kiss song, it blows. Eric Carmen, he could have <laughs> took that song to number one. Good callback. But uh, so now yeah, I'm not for Kiss. So now I'm f- three to three. I'm pretty good feeling at six and zero oh right I'm here. Three to three now. Okay. All right. So up next, we got anything for my baby. Mm-hmm. Versus when your walls come down. I'll take anything for my baby. My baby, that's a great song. That's the one. That's walls the. Come down. I like when your walls yeah, come down, but it's a good song. Anything for my baby. Stuff in there, you know. Hey, kitty, kitty. Yeah, that, hey, kitty, kitty. that stuff ruins it. And although I do love the line, um, I got my pride, I got my dignity. You'll swallow everything when you're with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a gene. That's a gene lyric that Paul wrote. That, sometimes. that yeah. sounds like a gene lyric. Uh, anything for my baby, I think, should have been a radio song. I think it has a lot of that commercial potential. Yeah, you're right. Even though it is the same drum beat as uh, Rock and Roll All Night. Even the intro sounds like the beginning of Rock and Roll All Night. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I never really thought about that, but you're right. But yeah, so it's now I'm twice. four to three dressed to kill. Uh yeah, I'm gonna stick with anything for my baby too. So right. I'm seven for seven here. What are we up to now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I gotta laugh just to read this. Okay. <laughs> up next we have she. Uh huh. Versus reason to live. I gotta go with she. So if my way is the third worst Kiss song, oh reason, come on, reason to live has got to be like number five, right? Oh, that's of not the worst. F- that is not fair. Someday when it's not July, we should do the worst of Kiss. <laughs> we should do it just for Christmas just, in July, just for the hell of it. <laughs> Maybe we will. Uh, no, I mean I think Reason to Live is a good song. I think it sucks ass. I think you it's just one don't of like the power as Kiss songs ever. As a power ballad, it's a good power ballad. <sighs> We wouldn't be doing this show right now it's if a, I didn't like that song. It's a great Bon Jovi tune, you know? <laughs> or a Foreigner song. Or a Foreigner song. It sounds song. like I Want to Know it What does, Love Is. It does, yeah. It does sound like I Want to Know What Love Is, and I I hate that song, too. But she is... But she is, like, that's, heavy, awesome, one of the greatest Kiss songs yeah, of all time. I agree. I don't think there's any song on Crazy Nights that's better than she. Mm, no, I mean, I that... I so, either. 
So I'm up to five to three dressed to kill then. I'm all dressed to kill. All right, number nine. Got Lover All I Can versus Good Girl Gone Bad. Hmm. And I like Good Girl Gone Bad. I like both of these songs. I do too. Um, you know what? Uh-oh. For this one time. You're going to go with Crazy Nights. All I can try to understand. Oh, God, that's it's a really great, a Wicked Lester song. That's a great song. song too, though. Yeah, it is. It's one of Paul Stanley's least favorite Kiss songs. God, I hate to agree with Paul Stanley. You're not a big fan of this one? No, Although Ace to, is soloing on it, it's pretty awesome. The solo is freaking killer on this. It's got two solos in it. It's got an outro solo, which is rare on a Kiss song. Yeah. The Ace Frehley work on that carries it through for me, I think. I'll agree. Yeah. So Ace I'm Frehley. going with that, too. I, w- I would have gone with Good Girl Gone Bad because I like that song. I do, too. I think it's great. I think it's a good song. I like Gene's vocals on Me it. Me too. It's very smooth. Yep. Very, it's got I love when he sings that way. It. It's got a really good groove to it. But, yeah, Ace Frehley, his work alone on Lover All I Can well, saves that song and, and blows it to the stratosphere with the solo in. I also love Peter's drumming on that song, too. Yeah. That's a great album for Peter's drumming. Well, if you talk about drumming, I mean, you got to look at both of these albums. I mean, there's, there is top-notch yeah. stellar drumming on both of them. So if I'm going with... Love all I can. Like, if this was a drum battle, this would be a lot harder. Yeah, so now I'm up six to three on Dress to Kill. Man, I'm surprised the way this is going. So I'm nine for nine still, and that brings (laughs) us up to the final track on Dress to Kill is the almighty rock and roll all night. I never heard of it. Versus (laughs) Turn on the Night and Thief in the Night. It's it's the rock and it's the battle of the nights, triple threat, danger dance. Rock and roll all night, thief in the night, and turn on, turn on the, the night. night. These are big, all night songs. Which song is the, the darkest or the awesomest of the three of them? So, I mean, of course, first you got rock and roll all night. You can't deny that. I mean, it mm. is it is Kiss's only song according to rock oh, radio. God. Here's why it's, I, it's the only song Kiss has yeah. ever fucking released according to your local radio stations. Here's why I'm not picking it. I'm not gonna pick rock and roll all night. No. Because there's no fucking guitar solo on it. Yeah, that sucks. I never will understand Wait why they didn't record a solo. Wait a minute, there's a guitar solo, solo on this, ain't it? No, only on the Alive version. Oh. There isn't one on the studio version. They just repeat the chorus over and That's over right. and over again. Yeah, that fucking sucks. And have becomes... you ever have you ever got drunk enough to sing rock and roll like karaoke? No. It's awful. I don't do karaoke. It's awful because you get up there and it's fun. And, yeah, it's and then cool. you've repeated the chorus 20 and then it times. And you get to the end and you're going... I want to rock and roll all night. And I've already done this like six times. Yeah. I party every day. Holy fuck, when is the song going to end? I want to rock and roll all night. Holy fuck, I've been up here for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Party every day. Yeah, it never ends. Yeah. No, I'm that's... not picking it. And also, I love Turn On The Night. I thought it should have been a big hit on radio. I'm still surprised it wasn't. And I also like Thief In The Thief Night. Thief In The Night is awesome. Okay, so if those two were to team up against Rock and Roll, all even night, if I, would... I give them two points, 
I still pick Dress to Kill six to five. Is it because you've heard rock and roll all night a million times that no. you've kind of come to resent it after a while? No, I've never enjoyed the studio version. Yeah. I always the alive version is the one that has got the, the guitar the solo, to, and it's got yeah. a it got more spirit to it. Yeah, it definitely. The studio does. version sounds really and that's, flat and boring. That's why, as a single, that never did shit on Dress no, to Kill. But then when bombed. they released it, even to this day, to this Man, day, nobody plays the Dress to Kill version. No, Without, at the most, they'll play the Smashes version. Which they if put that. a fucking but drum machine in. But it's always the live version. Yeah, it's almost always like 99% the live version. 99% of the yeah. time, it's always the live version. Yeah. It's the best it, version. That's the only concert Kiss has ever played and the only song they ever played at that one concert. Yeah. According to our the people that try to control what we can hear on the airwaves. What? I mean, I fucking love Turn on the Night <laughs> and Thief in the Night. So, yeah, I'll go with, all right. So there you go. So like I said, if I give it, so I'll give it. The, so my, I'll you'll give it two every, points. I'll give it everything except for rock and roll all night, uh-huh. and nothing except for turn on the night and thief. So the you night. give it two points. So you, so dress to kill wins nine to two. Yes. And dress to kill wins six to five in mine. See, you can't mess with dress to kill. And for me to pick an album over Crazy Nights, that's a big deal. See, because your love for Crazy I Nights, I love the is, album. It goes beyond the facts, Chris. It goes beyond the facts. So when we break it down here today in the facts, you see that as much as you personally love Crazy Nights, it sucks the balls of Dress to It kill. doesn't suck, though. I didn't give it, it nine totally to does. two. You did. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if you guys enjoyed this, <laughs> hearing me and Aaron go at each other, sign up for VIP and you'll get a lot more of this. You ought to heard the time we fought about Deep, or what was it, Def Leppard and uh, <laughs> oh, Bon Jovi. We were so drunk. But yeah, if that you sign up for great. VIP, you'll have access to that too. Yeah, because usually by the time the Decibel Geek podcast's over, usually we're pretty hammed up. So that's when shit really gets crazy. Right. So, so I hope you guys enjoyed this little taste of VIP, your little addition to this week's show. We might have a little something for you extra next week. We will. But uh, we always encourage you, you know, join the VIP it's because fun. it's really, truly, you know, we get sponsors here and there, which is great. But <laughs> our true number one sponsors are our VIPs. And without them, there wouldn't be this. And mm-hmm. without this, there wouldn't be us. And without us, our wives would move on to other people. And have, and, say they'd be happy. You know, our kids would have to <laughs> find new parents and see see how it all the comes together. The world would like fall apart. Very important. Rock so, and roll would die. Yeah. Gene Simmons would say I was right. <laughs> so let's not let that happen. So, yeah, if you want to enjoy this more, um, go to decibelgeek.com, click on that VIP banner, or go to patreon.com and just look up Decibel Geek. And do it now. Thanks. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 